Hello, and welcome to the Professional Appreciators Podcast. On this episode, Evan and I are talking about euphoria. That's right, what all the kids are talking about nowadays. It's a popular show, and we're a little behind the times, but we want to break down why everyone is obsessed with this show, why it works, and maybe, is it overhyped? But first, we need to talk about the comment of the week. The comment of the week? Yeah. All right, Evan. Yeah. So The comment of the week? Back in the day. I'm excited. Back in the day, Dan and I, for the YouTube channel, did a patrons-only podcast. Okay. Uh, and on that podcast, I would do a weekly segment called comment of the week where I'd find a comment from the YouTube page that I thought was weird or funny or something. Beautiful. I love it. The patron podcast kind of just fell off because we didn't have a ton of patrons. So by default, there weren't a ton of people listening to it. Sure. And it wasn't public because you had to be a patron. Anyway, I got a comment this morning that just blew me away with. Now, is this the one that you have already shown? Yeah, I've shown you this. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I just want to put the listeners in the right context that I was in. Sure. I woke up and I see a notification from YouTube. Yeah. Open it up. It's usually just like random, like faceless yeah. avatars or just weird username. Like, you know, this one username, Joe Rogan. <laughs> just like, like Joe Rogan, just, Joe just Rogan. plain Joe Rogan. Plain Joe Rogan. No Joe Rogan. Oh, one. No, like Joe where the E's a three. Or no like Joe Rogan. Rogan misspelled. Yeah. No, like straight up Joe Rogan. <laughs> okay. The picture, Joe Rogan, albeit. A, a slightly goofy picture of Joe Rogan. He's making like a sure, like a goofy face. Well, he's know? a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> and then I see like a rather large paragraph that's like nine sentences long. And I'm just gonna. I don't know if I'll read all of it, but I'm gonna give you guys a taste. Yeah, just give us the. Give us I mean, taste. if you're interested in the comment, you can yeah. go see it. Uh, this was on our Jojo Rabbit explained movie we made like three years ago for the Oscars. Yeah. And in the in the video, Dan, my brother, offhandedly to set up the content of the movie because it's about Nazis, he goes, yeah. unfortunately, we live in a day and age where Nazism is becoming more popular. Mm. This is what Joe Rogan commented. Right. Now, I just want to make it clear. It, it is not the Joe Rogan, but it looks like it. <laughs> what evidence do you have that, quote, Nazism and white nationalism is growing in popularity, unquote. Did you just hear that crap on CNN or your favorite Antifa Twitter page? Man, you should have been around in the KKK days. They had open (laughs) chapters around the USA, a ranking system, and would hold marches and rallies weekly. That's what you call growing in popularity. And then he says, I swear you people here on mainstream media is infested with Nazis and then go around saying it like it's fact, even though it couldn't be further from the truth. And then he goes on, blah, blah, blah. There are people of all races and religions on both sides of the political stage, but only one side is relentlessly trying to convince their following that everyone else is racist. Think about that. Just think about it. Just think about that. Dude, also, Joe Rogan's it already, getting heated. It got, a, it got a like, like, right away. Oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah, wow. So, yeah. Joe Rogan's popular. Joe Rogan is not a fan of our section. of our slightly critical review of Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> Honestly, though, too, if you're making a video and being slightly critical of Nazis, <laughs> I mean, it merited. My favorite, this is like... like what the... This is my favorite line anyone has ever written on my YouTube page. Man, you should have been around in the KKK days. <laughs> I like, I really like picturing someone who's in their upper 70s, probably. Yeah. Just clicking around YouTube. Yeah. Like Jojo Rabbit. That's a, a goofy title for something. Yeah. What is that? I'll click on it. And then discovering in one fell swoop that there's a movie called Jojo Rabbit, first of yeah. all what it's about <laughs> and, and you all explaining it I, like one it's not off topic for the movie it's a movie about nazis yeah it true is. it's about like the og nazis yeah but 
there's a reason Taika Waititi felt like he had to make a movie about Nazis in sure. 2019. It's probably because uh, they have a little bit more of a presence again. Sure. And I just love the idea that a guy, however, I'm guessing he's older. I mean, guy, if he was around in the KKK yeah. days, yeah. I just like the idea of a guy who's older, watches Jojo Rabbit, and then watches our review, and his takeaway is, I'm going to flex on these kids and remind them that the KKK was worse back in well, my day. You know what, though? This guy's with it. Yeah. Because he's obviously... I don't know if I don't know in what regard he's using the the name Joe Rogan. You know, if it's just like yeah. if he's using it as like a, f- a funny thing or like is just a mega fan yeah. of Joe Rogan, which you know either or. But he could he could be with it. You know, he's just listening to all the podcasts. He's just surfing YouTube. You know, watching content. Yeah. You know, checking out the newest. You know, whatever popular thing is trending on youtube whatever day but uh i think that the um did you just take a picture of me yeah i did <laughs> that was, that was so, <laughs> it felt like you were getting me saying something that like <laughs> like oh he's doing it yeah. and then like like i'm gonna catch well, him i was just re- i was like replying to like a snapchat <laughs> and i was like i'm just gonna send a, a snap of evan okay and i was like i'm not gonna film it so it's less distracting, but it ended up being distracting. Anyway, yeah, that is a uh, that is a very interesting comment, and uh, you know, to Joe Rogan, maybe it is Joe Rogan, the real one. I will say, and I he's clicked, just like, and clicked, he's just like, hey, I'm just gonna yeah. surf around YouTube and find yeah. random videos and comment on them and troll around. I clicked on his little profile. He's got no videos or anything, and uh, his bio says the original Joe Rogan to join YouTube in 2006. So my guess is this guy's name just happens to be Joe Rogan. <laughs> and yeah. then Joe Rogan really hit it off, you know? And he's having fun and using and Joe like, Rogan's picture. Yeah, in his, because it's like, you know, on that, there's no way he, this guy could have gotten the YouTube username just Joe Rogan. Yeah. If he didn't get on the game early and he did, like he joined YouTube in 2006. Dang. So that's wild. Well, yeah. we've got the original Joe Rogan yeah. commenting. Little did he know that the videos, X Factor dude. host would be like the biggest personality on the internet. You mean Fear Factor? Or Fear Factor. What did I say? X Factor. Oh, you know, Different whatever. show. You Fear. could tell I was a mega fan. Yeah, I'm a mega fan of Fear Factor. No, uh, yeah, that's a wild comment. And I'm glad that, uh, you know, the original Joe Rogan to YouTube is uh, checking out the videos. That's yeah. good. You know what? Like, for how ridiculous that comment is. Still, still isn't saying things as crazy as like Joe, like the Joe Rogan. Sure. I, I honestly haven't been keeping track. Yeah. You I know? mean, I'm I've, not. I just, I re-record this podcast and then I just listen to us all the time. Yeah, I yeah. just listen to your sweet, sweet voice in my oh, ears. Oh. So. Well, for future Evan listening back. Hey, what's up, baby? Ooh, thanks, man. <laughs> I appreciate the shout out. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yeah, this is a great time to uh, to point podcast listeners to our YouTube channel where the oh, yeah. uh, the the uh, conversation in the comments can get pretty spicy. Yeah. Most of the time it's been, it's actually been really sweet lately. Yeah. Most of the comments that, that have been getting... That, that the videos have been getting yeah but yeah uh, like that's the thing like go on, to the youtube channel why it's great leave a leave a spicy comment what i've noticed is on our videos that like don't really get big numbers the comments are few but they're really encouraging and nice the bigger yeah. the video the more the really the spicier weird, they get bad comments happen yeah yeah dude i feel like it's so we get, we're off of our recording schedule a little bit oh yeah should we talk about this weekend? We can ex- we can give some context as to why we're releasing a couple days late. Yeah, this weekend was crazy. I was so tired after this weekend. Yeah. Our one of our good friends got married, and he had, you know, the classic wedding stuff: rehearsal dinner, then you know, big wedding. Everybody stayed out late, yep. danced, and everything. But then the kicker was both of us had to wake up at like six in the morning the next day. Yeah. And on Monday, I was just like destroyed. Yeah. Well, it's been a crazy month. Like we had our other friends wedding yep. in Chicago at the beginning of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved into a new place. I had that other wedding mm-hmm. the, the weekend of 
our friend's bachelor party. Yeah. The wedding you worked. Yeah. yeah. I worked at a wedding and then went to a bachelor party right yeah, after. And we had the bachelor party. Yeah. Also, yeah. yeah, working that weekend. And then we had one respite weekend. Yeah. I don't know what you had going on. Yeah. Just some like going over to Anna's family stuff. Normal so. life stuff. But then boom, the next weekend right after yep. we're back in it. Another yeah. wedding. So like Thursday, Thursday night, we both kind of just were exhausted from random stuff. And so we, we usually record on Thursdays, Saturday, we couldn't record wedding all day. Mm-hmm. Sunday, we were, again, we were just exhausted from everything. If you would like to hear a podcast from a wedding reception, then <laughs> we thought about it, drop it in the comments. We thought about it. <laughs> we did think yeah. about it. But you know, as much as we want to give you guys consistent weekly content, we also want you guys to get us at our best. Yeah, healthy brains. And the last time we kind of pushed ourselves on a podcast, we, we had a good podcast. But sure. it just, I, I could feel that, you know, we had a little brain fog. Yeah, fatigue, you know. Mm-hmm. Nothing like just dead silence on the radio waves. That's yeah. what we were do- That's what we were going after. Yeah. No, but I feel good tonight. I I, uh, I like this current recording schedule of doing yeah. it a little bit earlier in the week. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, we got there's so much coming out now that yeah, th- I I'm not gonna run out of topics for a while. There was a stretch no. like a month or two back where. Yeah. Just like the end of the end of the year wrapped there's up, there's like a lull. Nothing had really come out. And I was just like, oh, what are we going to talk about? But yeah. now, man, yeah, I got ideas for days. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff going on. But uh, let's jump into this uh, this main We've topic. We've been teasing this, this for like three weeks. Yeah, we have been. Yeah. So have you finished the series yet? Have you finished the yeah. second season? That's something I wanted to start off by saying is I have only seen season one. I know some things that happen in you season two. You haven't even started season two. No, I haven't. Okay. I just want to say... Well, I know where we stand. I want to say okay. I had all this motivation to catch up while season two was finishing. Uh-huh. But between all the movies I'm catching up on and other shows I'm watching with Anna... Yeah. It was... It, I just did not have time to start season two. Well, and this is our first podcast diving into some television, too. Yeah. I mean, we've talked a little bit about reality TV, but uh, yeah. not much. Um, man, that makes me want to go off on a tangent on this new batch. Oh, no, on the we bachelor. gotta, we gotta stay focused. <laughs> yeah, we'll stay focused. But the bachelor, yeah, we Woo. should maybe just do like a bachelor, get it out of our system. Yeah. You know? At some point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I have seen both seasons. So I've seen yeah. season one if and season two. If you had not seen both seasons, I would feel more uneasy about doing an episode on it. Yeah. But the fact that I've seen an entire season, I feel like I've seen enough to like, voice yeah. my opinion but you have season two covered where if like i rate if i raise an objection you can confidently say hey you know what mm-hmm. they actually clean that up in season two or they actually blah 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 yeah yeah no i i i'm interested to hear your thoughts on it i mean so first season my my opinion and i guess the story kind of goes we were sitting around hanging out one night at my house and we were looking for something to watch mm-hmm. and there's tons of stuff to watch and we were on HBO Max and everybody's been talking about euphoria, euphoria, this, euphoria, that, blah, 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 blah. And so in my opinion, the uh, it's like at the time, it felt like the trendy thing to do mm-hmm. was kind of to hate on it, hate on it. Yeah. And so you and I had the idea of let's watch the show and let's hate on an episode of it. Because yeah. surely, if this many people are talking about it, blah, 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 it's uh, it's probably dumb. Well, that's the thing with us is we have this, like, you can't lose attitude when it comes to TV shows and no. movies where it's like, yeah. we can watch this together. If it's not good, we can have a good time making fun of it, you know, talking making about jokes, it, yeah, talking about it. And if it's around. good, then it's good. Then boom. Yeah. Yeah. And so we watched, I think, three episodes that night. I had only intended to maybe watch 20 minutes of one episode right. and we ended up watching about three episodes on that one single night. So I think that there's something interesting to that. And I think that it comes down to kind of why it's compelling visually. Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't realize it at the time whenever we were watching the show, because it is extremely, they use a lot of, uh, 
very extreme examples like of drug abuse, of sexuality, of you name it. It's in the show. And it's like, it grabs you. It's like, oh my gosh, like this is like, what's yeah. going on in the show? This is crazy. What's the story with this? What's the story? Who, what's going on with that character? Like how, what's going to unfold here? So it does like, it grabs your attention in that shallow way mm-hmm. of like, there's not a lot of depth. It's but bombastic. It does, yes. But it does kind of grab your attention there at the beginning. I don't know if that would carry us through for like three whole episodes at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So what makes you think... What, what, why do you think we sat down for three straight hours and watched it the first time that we got together? Well, that's the main question is not just for us, but for like everyone, Mm -hmm. why is everyone so enamored with this show? Yeah. Because here's the thing, even for a show to have this many people who hate it or rag on it. Yeah. You actually have to have something of quality. Yeah. For someone to have opinions that strong. For it, for it to keep going for as long as it has to. Cause it's like every episode that drops, it's like new stuff comes out. Like yeah. there's more people talking about what's good about it. What's bad yeah. about it. Because you know, if it's... it was truly a show that had nothing to offer and was dull, mm-hmm. that show would, would premiere and it would just fizzle out. Yeah. But I'm not saying well, this because, is... well, you've seen it happen a yeah. bunch where a show will drop an episode that's bombastic, grabs yeah. attention. Maybe there's like a lot of sex in it or a, uh, crazy amounts of violence or something like that. And you hear about mm-hmm. it and you're like, it makes a big splash. And then that was the only episode or that something was like crazy, that. like a tall girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something really nuts. Something like really a girl that's five eleven. Something that really pushes six foot. Something that really pushes your suspension of disbelief, like a over six foot blonde girl in high school. Yeah. Let's make three of those movies. Yeah. No, but, uh, and I'm not saying that means any movie that gets a lot of criticism or any show that gets a lot of criticism, criticism is therefore good. Yeah. I'm just saying that at least means there's something of quality. Right. It's doing something. It's eliciting some sort of emotion. Yeah. So to say that like, it has no value or is really bad is clearly not the point because people would not be so passionate about it either way. Yeah. Now here's what I'll say. I think there's a lot of different ways we could go with this. Yeah. And I want to start with, uh, the thing that comes to mind immediately when I think of what really got me into the show is I think it does a really, really good job of, um, escalating tension. Mm. Yeah. And there's a writing thing that, um, that's really important that when you're writing characters and I actually wrote a video essay that I never got made. It was about, um, uh, mayor, mayor Kingstown. Yeah. Um, and like the show, like by the time I wrote the essay, the show was just already out of the zeitgeist. So I was like, you know, or no mayor of East town. There's like three. I was more confused than I've ever been in that moment. I wanted to correct you, but you had said it already. And I was like, what's the real name of the show? They have like too many similar names. Mayor of east town mayor of east town which is what you wrote yeah. about and then there's mayor of kingstown oh my goodness. which is yeah. a paramount plus the, show the show with kate winslet yes okay. anyway i wrote a video essay about um how important it is to create a character at the moment at which they can do something dramatic yeah meaning euphoria does a really good job of starting the show at a point where the characters are ready to make decisions. Yeah. So it catches you up with Rue's kind of like backstory narration, but you get to the point where it's like, Hey, instead of like telling a season arc as to why Jules would make this decision or why, uh, what's the guy's name? Like the dark haired jock guy, Nate Jacobs, Nate Jacobs, instead of like a season long arc of like, why he would be this diabolical yeah it just starts the show with that character already with the backstory intact where he can make that crazy decision to blackmail jules or like why is maddie gonna do x y and z this will have spoilers yeah oh by the way (laughs) hey if you're watching and you're like i haven't seen the show yet this This will have spoilers (laughs) yeah so basically what i'm trying to say is it it starts the characters 
at the beginning of the story without being like, hey, how do I get this character motivated enough to do X, Y, and Z? It just goes, no, they're already here. I can tease that background, but they're ready to make these dramatic, crazy decisions. And that's going to drive the story forward. That's actually great writing. You and don't need to spend 20 pages of backstory to get there. Yeah, I... I think that, and you see a lot of TV shows and movies moving this direction, and I really, really like how um, they will almost communicate a backstory without mm -hmm. anyone explaining it whatsoever or doing as little explaining as possible. And I think that this show does a really good job of really letting you know that like, they're motivations are coming from something much much deeper yeah. um at the beginning episodes of the show but part of the interesting thing about the show is that you don't know what those motivations are nope. so you want to stick around and find out what they are yep and then the second thing is is that they are making decisions now so that's pushing the story forward yep. while you're learning about the backstory yeah. yeah character creates drama yeah like all the backbone of drama comes from character and character motivation. So like you just said, you don't, sometimes the instinct is I need to show why this character would make this decision. No, no, no. Yeah. You can start with the character already at that moment, have them make the decision, and then you can tease that stuff and subtly reveal it. But it actually gets the audience pulled in more when they yeah. go, why would he do that? Yeah. You subtly tease why like Nate Jacobs, why would he, why would he be this like so manipulative with Jules? Yeah. You, well, you slowly you slowly get the tidbits of his dad, what his dad's doing. Yeah. You get the reveal that that is his dad, but yeah. you don't need to wait four episodes for Nate Jacobs to already start acting that way. No, episode one, have him start making those decisions. Yeah. Decisions creates drama. Drama comes from character. Euphoria does a really really good job with that. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think the big thing for me. Um, I think that's all true what you just said. And one of the things that I enjoyed about the show the most was they made a true attempt at visual storytelling. Yeah. And that became very clear to me. It, it's, it's in every episode of the show, but it became extremely clear to me in the last episode. I feel like... Of season like two? Of season one. Of season one, yeah. They... Uh, I don't know why it struck me so strongly, but is it Cassie is the one, uh, the blonde girl? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cassie. Cassie. I think I, I, think I said name. Maddie earlier. I'm really bad with character names. Well, there's a lot of characters in the show too. Yeah. Um, Cassie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's Cassie. And I can't remember. Oh, there is a Maddie. Maddie's the, brunette. yeah. Maddie's the other Maddie's one. Maddie's the brunette. Yeah. No, but Cassie is, uh, she talked about ice skating as a kid. Mm. and how it was like basically this form of like innocence or like this form of purity for her because it was like, it was pure joy. Like it was pure innocence yeah, and just pure happiness. And so that, that scene at the very end of the last episode of the show where they show her ice skating as an adult mm. and they're cutting that with like, if I remember correctly, because now it's been a while since I've seen it, but I think they were cutting it with like current decisions she was making because she had kind of lost that childlike innocence. Um, I don't know if you remember it, but you might yeah. be able to help me out here. I'm trying to, I'm trying <laughs> but, to remember um, that exact moment, but it's not. It's that not moment kind of really me. struck me. Maybe it's it from like, season two. And you... uh, maybe it, I'm pretty sure it's the end of season one. Okay. Um, and they just, it's like, it's just her ice skating set to music mm -hmm. and it like just really, really struck me as like, Oh, they're saying she's lost her innocence. Yeah. Like they're saying she wants it back, but she can't find it again and it's gone. Mm. Yeah. She wants it desperately to be simple again, but it'll never be the same. And like, and they did all of that visually, which I thought, like which really moved me yeah i will say though i did feel like it took a good six or seven episodes for me to decide that i was like kind of into the i don't know if into yeah. it is the right word but like where i was like oh this show's doing some good stuff like it's doing it's it's 
doing good storytelling, its technique is yeah. is not bad because I think one of the um one of the complaints about the show is that it is bad storytelling or bad characters or bad story covered up with pretty visuals. Right. Uh, and I hear that complaint. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that thinking back to like the first, you know, four or five episodes, I was on the fence there for a while and it, it, it was, I think because I, I wasn't feeling a real pull to the characters themselves. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about like, I didn't necessarily care what happened to each character yet right. until really kind of like the last episode. And I kind of bought it there yeah. at the end. So uh, I don't know if that was me missing it or just the show kind of taking a couple of strikes, if we want to yeah. use a metaphor on the first half of the yeah. season where I just felt like it dragged a little bit. It it saved a lot of its punch for the end of the sh- of the series, which yeah. is a normal thing. Like as far as arcs go, the climax is going to be towards the end of the show. Yeah. But um yeah, I I do having seen the whole season though and the whole series and I'm up to date, I will say you know, you have to have those first couple episodes of setup and of character development. Uh but there was something about it I remember getting to the the end of the first season and thinking, man, it shouldn't have taken 7 episodes for me to decide that I liked this show yeah. or that it was a good show. Yeah, I think like I said, it does tension and conflict really well, but I think sometimes the show and I haven't really looked into it, but I'm pretty sure Sam Levison is like the main writer on the right. show. I don't think there's like a really in-depth writer's room, but it seems like I don't like think he, so either. I, he changes, I think, a lot of things too, right. like on the fly. Yeah, it's the sense I get is when he feels lost, he just goes to conflict. Hmm. And I have to give it to him. Like he is really good at like escalating conflict and rising conflict and creating like really tense situations. Right. And I don't want to discredit that, but at the same time, he does kind of use it as a crutch. And I think what the issue is, is even Anna mentioned it when she watched it was like, it's really good. It's really intense. I have no idea what it's about. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the issue is the show does a really good job of getting certain moments right with characters like Mm. you have a moment with the character that's really powerful like the ice skating yeah or like anything with like when rue admits to like kind of like cheating with aa yeah in that scene great moment Mm -hmm. and like the conversation she has with her aa advisor before that great moment yeah but rue's story and cassie's story and nate's story interlock with conflict, but they don't really interlocked in a larger thematic way. Yeah. And I feel like you get great moments with all those characters, but they don't really gel correctly in a way where it builds to this moment of catharsis. Yeah. Some individual, like the jewels, Rue stuff really worked in season one. And that ending was, was really good and interesting. But remind I, me, remind me real quick. So like Jules and Rue at the end of season one, they have this whole like back and forth all season uh-huh. and they go to the dance and then like Rue is like, Hey, let's leave town together. Yep. Um, and I, Jules, I remember exactly. And Jules yep. is ready. And then Rue at the last minute decides to stay because she knows yeah. she, she isn't ready. I remember exactly. Like she needs her medication. She needs yeah. to be around her sister. Yeah. That's great. But then I was left thinking, that story really worked at the end of season one. The Cassie Nate stuff just kind of felt like, eh, like there were great moments. Yeah. But how did that all gel with this moment? I'm like, some of that could have been cut away though. There was great moments of conflict with them. Some of that could have been shaved off to really focus on Rue and Jules. Yeah. And I, that was an interesting scene where Jules has to leave her there. Yeah. Or not has to, but, but leaves Chooses her there. To, yeah. Uh, at the train station and just that recognition of like Jules is not ready for a relationship with someone that uh, that I think 
hasn't revealed what exactly motivates them yet mm -hmm. to her and the depth of hurt that being left behind would mark like would mark her with yeah you know so it's like she doesn't realize she's doing what she needs to do for herself mm -hmm. but she has no idea how much that's going to hurt rue because of what's happened in her past yeah. and even the audience doesn't really know i think at that yeah. point you have an idea but it's you don't quite know the depth yeah. of it it's really great because like you can tell jules really needs those moments of like mm -hmm. f it let's go yeah let's leave these people like but rue is at a point where after everything she's experienced she needs that stability yeah she she knows what will happen to her if she just goes and runs off with Jules without her medication. She's going to back, back spiral. Sure. And Jules, because of everything she's dealt with, like getting tangled up with Nate's dad and Nate tricking her and cap, like it probably is good for her to get away. Yeah. And neither of them are right. Neither of them are wrong. And that's really good drama. I was a little upset with Jules in that moment. Yeah. I was. But like personally. you understand, like... Yeah, Why, like of course she'd want to get away. Of yeah. course she would. I was a little upset with it. It's her, not like right, but like, it's not necessarily the wisest thing. But it's like you're right. But then you're also like, Rue, you can't you can't say you want to run away and then not. Yeah. But it was also the right decision. So it's like it's a little murky, and that's always good drama. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it makes people pick sides. And, okay. Yeah. You mentioned it earlier. I think and before we get to like more negatives. Yeah. Something the show really does well is visuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like the criticism, like it's, oh, it's, it's good visuals, you know, covering up dicey that, storytelling yeah. because that's undermining the importance of visuals in a visual medium. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You're right. It is really good visuals, but you're wrong to say that like, that's a crutch. No, any priority with TV and movies, like the top priority is the visuals in my opinion yeah it's a visual medium it is it's it is storytelling through visual to the through the visual art form and it's like that's that is an interesting thing to play with for a show is can we take most of the dialogue yeah. out and still be able to tell the story in a way that you understand yeah. what's going on and sometimes even understand what's going on on a much deeper level yeah. um so yeah, I I remember thinking maybe that was a fair criticism, but no, I think you're right. I, yeah. I do. I think I don't think that it's wrong to to prioritize beautiful yeah. visuals that tell a story well visually. Yeah. Like I think it's right in the sense that it does visuals better than like what's on the page. Yeah. That's true. But I don't like when people say it in a way that dismisses the visuals. Right. Like, oh, it's just pretty Yeah. What do you mean? It, like, it's a visual medium. Like, it's if a you, TV show. You're watching it with your eyes. If you can't tell yeah. the story visually in an interesting, compelling way, like, what? Write a novel. Why do people storyboard? And it's like, how many shows are out nowadays that just have this very standard, bland, yeah, unexciting look? And it's like, hey, you know what? I think Sam Levison deserves a lot of criticism, but the dude is really taking swings visually, and a lot of it works. Yeah, uh, and I. I think that he needs to get credit for that and yeah. any other director on the show. Yeah. Like specifically what I'm thinking of is that carnival episode from season one. Oh man. Just one. So many like long shot, long takes mm -hmm. oneers. There's a shot where like it starts on the ground with the characters. It like, it, well, and it, it's all practical. Yeah. It pans out. You get a, a higher view of like from the Ferris wheel and like, yeah. you're like, oh, was the camera rigged to the Ferris wheel? And then like it pans out and you're on the Ferris. It's like, whoa. Yeah. And then there's a lot of like almost these Malick-esque. Dreamlike. Dreamlike, kind of... like camera low pointed up at the characters following them. Yeah. De shallow depth of field. And you see the fireworks going off in the background. Yeah. Just like, whoa, like I don't normally see this on TV. Yeah. And... And it's a very chaotic episode from a narrative level of like, there's all these clashes of yeah. Jules running into Nate's dad, Nate and his, his family not liking Maddie. And there's all these um, collisions. Yeah. And so to frame all that in the foreground with the background being fireworks, yeah. just yeah. chef's kiss. Like Beautiful. it just works. Yeah. yeah. 
No, that's an awesome episode. And uh, the tension, again, mm-hmm. that I think is a place where the show really got everything kind of married together really well, where yeah. it's you got that tension, you got the chaos, you got the beautiful visuals, but mm-hmm. also you're compelled by the characters because now we've learned enough about the characters to to know why they're in that conflict and why yeah. they're feeling a little bit of what they're feeling. So you are emotionally invested in those scenes as well. So yeah, that, that I hadn't thought about that episode. That episode is a good example of kind of everything we're talking about matching up yeah. really nicely. I think that's the episode from season one that is like, obviously you want your pilot to be proof of concept, but I feel like that episode was, that's what I'm saying. I feel yeah. like, I feel like all of the, the real proof, all of the real, like, okay. Like I'm, I think I'm understanding what they're trying to do here. Yeah. Came later in the show. Yeah. The first episode was like very narration heavy. Mm -hmm. Visually it was really cool, but it was a little just like, let's talk about the narration a little bit. Okay. Dig into it. I like that Rue narrates all of the episodes. Yeah. Even the episodes that are about other characters. Yeah. Um, I think that, it's like our inside person, mm-hmm. you know, it feels like, um, it's kind of an interesting thing because we're hearing all of the facts and, and the things about these characters that are true and they are through someone else's lens. Mm-hmm. But then we're hearing that character side of the story, okay. usually later in the episode, which I think is a really unique kind of way to t- to introduce characters um is to kind of take it from like another character's perspective through another character's lens and then yeah reveal what yeah. the other side of the story like, is yeah like the first person becomes third person because it's rue's first person account yeah about a third person it's like okay that's kind of interesting yeah. yeah so i think it's interesting that she narrates every episode because at the end of the day, and I think it drives home the fact that like Rue is the main character in a show that can, it can get very muddy as to yeah, like, it helps anchor yeah. her and the audience. Like there's so many characters and you're kind of so being many floated stories. around. Yeah. Well, and not all the stories are. And I think if we want to start talking about flaws, not all the stories really connect to one no. another, which makes it a little harder to find that grounding of like, so who's the main character? Like, Who's like, who should I be focused on? Like, who am I, you know, actually focused on here? So I think that it it really helps anchor it. And I, I, I really like Rue's inner monologue, um, for those, for those episodes. Yeah, I agree. And that's where my takeaway from season one was, man, like, I know there were a lot of great moments with some of these other characters, but when I got to the end of season one, it was just very clear. The best story was Jules and Rue. Especially yeah. like that was the storyline where at the very end, like they both had to like make decisions that had consequences. Yeah. And it's like, how, and they both kind of changed in a little bit. Right. How did Nate change really at the end? Mm-hmm. How did, yeah. Like, you know, Cassie had to go through that like abortion, which was really tough, but it's like, you could tell the real cathartic moment was with Rue and Jules. And I kind of wish they just focused just... in on that in the middle of the season a little bit more you just gave me the nugget i needed earlier oh, whenever here, i was struggling take the crispy chicken nugget remember right there. There what the deal was <laughs> like, um, you just kept holding it <laughs> you were just miming it <laughs> like i'm gonna hold on to this imaginary nugget i, oh, I ate it you ate it um <laughs> no that episode with the ice skating that's what was happening they were they were cutting her ice skating with her being at the clinic. Yeah. At the clinic. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like that loss of innocence and, and you know, uh, childlike wonder and all of that stuff. So no, that's what it wasn't really struck me. Um, but, uh, man, I, I'm really excited for you to watch the second season Yeah, because I I guess I do, I do genuinely believe that the second season is better. Yeah. I I've heard complaints that like storylines from season one just get completely abandoned. Mm-hmm. Um, that happens. But I did tune in to that play episode. Oh, man. Um, and I tried not to watch too much of it. Yeah. But that looked really good. But again, I laughed. I laughed harder at those yeah. episodes than I've laughed at yeah. TV in a while. And But again, I heard some people 
at the finale of season two where it's kind of the same thing where I was like, what did that build to? And, you know, you've actually seen it, so maybe you can speak to it a little bit more, but it seems like it kind of did the same thing where I was like, didn't really find where it was building to. Yeah. No, I, um, I don't want to say much about the second season. Yeah. I think maybe we can come back and have another short discussion about the second season after you've seen it. Cause I do think it's really good and I, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but I, I will say that the second season has some unbelievable performances by the actors. Yeah. Um, you know, there are those th- weird things that happen in the show where it's mm-hmm. like storylines are completely abandoned, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But I do kind of want to stick to to season one a yeah. little bit more. One question I have for you. I don't know. Let's take okay. on some of the criticisms yeah. of the show. Some people, I, I've seen a lot of people asking like, well, why are they, why do they have to focus on high schoolers? Right. Like, why is it all based around like these high school kids, why couldn't they just be a little older Yeah. or like college students or something like that? Do you want to touch on that a little bit or I can? Yeah, or- I, I get, yeah, I guess so. Um, I get that. Like it always is a little uncomfortable when you're like, when you realize, wait, like I'm watching like high schoolers yeah. go through these scenarios. But one, I think the show does a really good job of like casting people who are like very clearly not high schoolers. So it kind of yeah. helps that like, I don't sure. feel like I'm actually watching a high schooler, you know? Right. Two, high school is just narratively a great setting for all of the things the show is trying to do. Sure. Like mental illness, identity, like yeah. Jules and Rue's identities, Jewel and Rue's, you know, like especially Rue's like mental illness, addiction. Um, it's just a good setting fodder and it's something everyone can relate to. Everyone is either in high school or has gone to high school. Well, and there's this unique thing that happens in high school when you get to be with your friends more than you ever will maybe Mm -hmm. in your life. Yeah. And there's this weird kind of unique closeness that happens between those friendships and the breaking up of those friendships and kind of to speak to that, it is a unique kind of time period where that doesn't happen as much in college. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't happen as much anywhere else in life. Those relationships are kind of like close and intense and like they like going to, to the same school every day and seeing each other every day. Yeah. And it's like, you know, like you said, it, it that environment is just yeah. full of drama and, and, it, and kind of, and you, everyone can relate to it because they've either, they're either yeah. in high school or have been in high school. And the, the annoying part about this particular conversation is like, look, where where were you the last 30 years? Because this is not the first show to mm. explore sex, drugs, addiction in high school. Like, sure, yeah. this is a little bit more raw intense, yeah. and intense, but like, just go through the 90s. So that brings... Dawson's Creek, you know, yeah. early 2000s, One Tree One Hill. Tree Hill. Like, like, come on. Friday Night been, Lights. We've been doing this for a long time, guys. It's been more... It, I will say the, the big difference being... They're showing much right. more of what's yep. going on than any I, of those shows did. I get but it. All of those shows eluded and talked about those things. Yeah. It's HBO. They can get and, away with a little bit more. If yeah. if those writers could have done that on those networks, they would have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that leads me to my next question. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the show overuses the bombastic attention grabbing sex, drugs, violence? Do you think they overuse those things or you know, could use more of it. It depends. It's context. Yeah. Some, in some scenes, some storylines, no. Yeah. Other ones where it's like, okay, this isn't really what this character's struggling with. You right. can tell they're just showing things to get attention. Sure. But like in other, other character storylines, it's like, no, this is exactly what this person is struggling with. Yeah. Like I can't remember the character's name, but, uh, uh, maybe I can look it up. That one, that one, girl who gets caught up with like the online sex stuff Ew. you know katie uh what's her name yeah but, but like anyway like her whole storyline is like body image and like using self-confidence and- using sex as a way to get self-confidence like so i don't think it's being overused there like sure. that's actually a very real sure. important important thing to talk about like is it exploitative maybe i don't know but it's like 
Right. It's inherent to what she's struggling with. And I think that applies to a lot of characters. But yeah, there are definitely moments where it's like, okay. Yeah. We're kind of maybe going a little too far for what the story is asking for. Sure. Yeah. But where I mean, it, there's almost that element of like, did you do it because, d- did you write it this way because you knew you could? Yeah. And like, it's like, well, yeah. we can do anything we Look, want. So let's just I'm, take it as far as we want. I'm not going to sit here and be like, every use of nudity or whatever is justified like sure come on it's hbo i'm sure like it's just part of the game like they're yeah. gonna try and push that sure as much as they can to rope in viewers yeah and that's it, true it drives discourse yeah. so from, it an, does. H- yeah, from yeah. an hbo standpoint it's like it's a win-win because it has people them. talking yeah 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 I if they go you. too far with it people are talking about it eyeballs yeah you know, so exactly yeah uh I had another question for you and I forgot what it was. Well, I was just going to elaborate. I think yeah. um, about like why it's in high school. Oh, right. Yeah. I think high school leads to an interesting dramatic standpoint where at that point in your life, you struggle with real, real things and people don't take it as seriously. Mm. And that's a, that's a unique setting Yeah, where, <clears throat> you know, just because of your age, people kind of just gloss over the things you're struggling with. And I think that's an important setting to ask questions like that. Yeah. Like, and I think that's a reason why this show connects with, you know, people our age and people in high school is we all know, remember what it was like to be like, I feel like no one's really taken this seriously. And so I'm just going to hide it Yeah. because no one's actually going to try and understand. And as much as you can say about the show being, uh, you know, like exploiting like certain things yeah. with like drugs and sex. Um, it's important for people in high school to watch a show and be like, yes, they're taking it. They're taking my struggle seriously yeah. over the top. Yes. Right. I don't, I am very confident that, uh, euphoria high school is not every high school in America, oh, obviously. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is that I think it's, it's an extreme telling of some of these stories. Like, do some of these things go on? Of course. Like, of course it's all going on. Is it all happening in the same town at the same high school all at the same time? God, I hope not. Like, like, man, I hope not. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it is an extreme environment. It's an extreme telling of this story. And I think it's purposely that way where it's like, these are the extremes. Mm -hmm. This is extreme addiction. This is extreme, you know, uh, mental illness. This is extreme, um, depression, like, you know, all of this stuff, it's the extreme of it. And one thing that kind of helped me kind of sort that out, because I think the meme and the joke is like, I don't know what high school they're going to, or like, you know, this is a crazy high, that's not what my high school was like. But, um, one thing that kind of helped me like sort that out in my brain is to realize that the way they're creating the show they are telling these extreme stories yeah, and they're doing that purposely. And the second thing was I, um, I was watching an interview or something and Zendaya was talking about, um, Sam Levinson and she said something about how he was able to like turn his life around mm-hmm. and make, make something out of everything that's happened to him. Yeah. And so that got me curious and I was like, what does she mean by that? And so I was, I, you know, looked up an article or whatever about Sam Levinson and, uh, it turns out that like when he was that age, when Mm -hmm. he was in high school, he dealt with like major drug addiction and like puts a lot of his, you know, we don't know if it's like autobiographical or not, but he like, he takes pieces of his life and and stuff and puts it in the show, which kind of helped me like wrap my mind around like, where's all this coming from? Like what's the motivation of the show? And I think he very clearly, I mean, by the end of the second season, you know, like he very clearly wants to have this discourse around mental illness and addiction and, um, how we see ourselves versus how other people see us. Yeah. Um, and I, I, that really helped me kind of wrap my mind around both seasons yeah. of, of TV, yeah. just knowing that he has kind of had these like personal touches and connections with some of these characters he's writing. Yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't necessarily say this is something high schoolers should watch or not. Like, I don't know. That's not my place to no, say. Yeah. That's not, but for us. I will say 
I understand why someone in high school would be drawn in by this because it's a way for them to look at all the stuff those characters are struggling with. Like, oh, a show that like acknowledges that this struggle, this pain is real. These are the things that, that, you know, some of these things are things that my peers or I are struggling with on the daily. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying it's handling it with the most care. I think in some storylines, yes, some no. Yeah. But like, I see why they're drawn to it. Yeah. And you know, so. Yeah. I mean, I see why anybody could be drawn in or addicted to it just because the storytelling is compelling and the visuals are very compelling. And as a, just from the get go, that is, you know, interesting to look at, you know, there is something that this show does that like anytime a like cinema lover, like a big movie freak, writes a show about high schoolers. I love it when like every high school character makes these like really specific movie references. <laughs> yeah, 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 and I'm just yeah, like, yeah. I just, I just love that. Like they write Cassie as like being really into true romance and like referencing true romance. I'm like, there is not a single yeah. high schooler <laughs> yeah, that would yeah. reference true romance. No, you know what I mean? It's just like, and like there are other characters who like, Oh, this is a blank and blank movie. Yeah. This is, and I'm just like, I love it when like, like a cinema nerd, like Sam Levison yeah. writes these characters that are just like <laughs> saying this yeah. stuff. That's like yeah. so far from what, like yeah, it's an like, actual high school. What are the odds that all of these high schoolers just have this really deep arcane cinema knowledge? I love that. Yeah. I don't know what part. What, did they ever say they're living in California? I don't, I don't even think they've said the name of the high yeah. school or what town it is. That was the longest yawn I've ever had in my life. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. Evan's just over this talk, no. <laughs> apparently. No. Uh, I really think... I don't feel like they ever say where they are. It's implied they're in yeah. California. If they did they an establishing did. shot of like the front of the high school and it said Euphoria High, I wouldn't bat an eye. <laughs> no, I wouldn't I'd be like, either. oh, it's Euphoria High. I wouldn't either. Yeah. No, uh, I am. I'm super excited for you to watch the second season. Uh, there are some amazing moments in it. There are some moments that just had me like rolling, like laughing, man. Okay. Okay. Well, let me, let me frame it like this then. Yeah. We both watched it. We mm-hmm. both enjoy it. We understand the criticisms. Yeah. We, you know, but how would you frame or rank this show compared to other shows you're watching? Like, would you call it like a legit, a good show? Would you put it in like the category of like one of the better shows on TV right now? Like how would you kind of classify it in your brain? Um, I would, I would classify it as a good show. Mm-hmm. I decided okay. it is a good Courts show. in session. Yeah. Ruling. I decided that it's a good show. I went in like trying to figure it out and halfway through the first season I was like, gosh, I still... Like there are some things that are that are good, like that I'm really liking about this, but I don't know if I would go as far to say like that I that I have trust in the show. Like I right. I trust the creator, like, you know, and that it's a good show. But no, at this point I would say that it is a good show. And how I would compare it to other television shows that are airing right now and coming out with new episodes and new seasons, I would say there are two parts of that. Yeah. I would say the first part is the drive uh, to watch it and the want for it to come back. Right. Like, uh, like there are certain shows, like when Game of Thrones was coming yeah. back with their first season, like new season was coming out. Like there's an episode every week. It was like a drop. Like it was like everybody's watching Game of Thrones and mm-hmm. like everybody's looking forward to it. And there's that draw. You know, there's that desire to like, man, I want to, I want to watch the next episode and see what happens. So I, I do think that there's some of that immeasurable to yeah. it. It of has like, that discourse. Like, you know, there's always going to be a good conversation. Yeah, yeah. about it. And so it, it kind of draws you in and makes you want to like, to watch it. So it, it has that. So I think that's one part of it. Yeah. That, um, that as it compares to other shows on TV right now, I would say it has a leg up on some of the other television shows yeah. that are coming out now. Cause it has that like, Ooh, I want to go watch that. Yeah. Um, as far as like technically goes, as far as it goes technically, uh, and like from a storytelling standpoint, from how much I like the characters from where I see the story going and, and how I see it impacting like me and, and, 
and kind of touching me. Uh, I would say that, I don't know. I, I would say that it has its moments. Yeah. And I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't put it up there with like some of my favorite shows. Yeah. Uh, but it has that draw, but I think that where it lacks is just that, um, the depth to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're watching the show and you feel like, am I being taken advantage of? Like, am I, yeah. am I being manipulated a little bit here into like, right. you know, and it, but, but again, that's kind of the beauty of the show is it kind of makes you, if you're watching it that way, it makes yeah. you ask those questions. Like, what are they, what are they doing here? Like, why yeah. are they, why are they, why are they showing us this? Why, you know, why are they saying this right now? And it, you know, so that's kind of the beauty and the downfall of the show where it's like, um, I'm watching Better Call Saul right now. Yeah, and I know. I was about to mention that. Yeah, I'm watching Better Call Saul right now. And there is so much depth and tragedy and yeah. just like melancholy and just drive to want, you want these things for these characters. Yeah. You know, and, and this one character in specific, in, uh, specifically. And, um, I still tune into euphoria sometimes being like, Oh, I want to see what happens next, but I don't necessarily, I'm not cut to the core when something yeah. bad happens to one of the characters in euphoria. Whereas like in better call Saul or something like that, it's like, mm -hmm. Oh, like, man, it's like painful kind of, you yeah. know? And in better call Saul, you know, like every season I'm telling you, man, like it just, it builds to that like moment yeah. That like it all comes to a head. Everything connects all these things. Yeah. And I just feel like so far in euphoria, it's like moments. Yes. It all coming together. Not really there. Yeah. And, um, and I will say, um, I'm early on in better call Saul, but, um, yeah, I just, I just think that it, it's it, better call Saul hits a little bit for me. And, you yeah. know, of course we're talking about one of the shows that could go down as like, yeah, one of well, Vince one Gill, of the great man. shows. It's like, come on, how, Vince, it's not yeah. fair to Sam Levison to be like, "Well, you're no Vince Gill." It's like v Gilligan. Vince Gilligan, yeah. Sorry, Vince Gill's a country singer. Oh man, I'm just so bad with names nowadays. <laughs> you're no, I, dude, you're no Vince Gill. He's like, yeah, definitely no yeah. Vince Gill. <laughs> yeah, Vince Gilligan isn't even Vince Gill. Uh, <laughs> I swear, you get like past age 25 and just you like stop caring about names. Names are just like it's like yeah. a whirlwind in your brain yeah no but i would say euphoria is a little more hit and miss for me on like the like carry caring about the characters and their arc a little bit but i am drawn to kind of figure out what's going on and there have been moments yeah where i've been like really deeply affected but uh it, it's a little more hit and miss for me yeah. on that yeah i i agree where like i'd be like it's a good show yeah, I think there's a reason why it captures the conversation each week. Mm -hmm. um, I think it, there's a reason why people are so passionate about why they love it and people are passionate why they hate it. Mm -hmm. There's enough there to create that reaction. But like when I think of it compared to like a succession, which checks mm -hmm. every box. Yeah, that shows. It's just like I'm, I, I can't crazy. put it. I can't put it in the category of a succession. Better call Saul where it's like. I have to see this. Yeah. Uh, I'd say euphoria is in the category for me. where like, I'll get around to it. Yeah. It's like, I haven't caught up on season two yet. I'll get there. I want to get there, but it's like, yeah, yeah. it's not the top of my queue. Sure. You know, uh, when you start watching shows with your significant other, if you have a show that you're yeah. watching with your significant other, it like, it like drives you to watch the show much faster. I have noticed. Yeah. Cause it's like, yep. it's like you have a show and it's like, well, this is the one that we're doing right now. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> well, like, here's how I know if a show like really has my attention is like when you start orienting your life towards it. Mm, yeah. So like when the new season of better call Saul comes out, I know that any moment I have to myself, yeah, I am going to rush to AMC, Netflix, whatever, and play it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like succession. You guys, I think we're watching it every Monday night or something. Yeah. It's like, you know, a show's good when you were telling your significant other, hey, every Monday night, we know what we're watching for dinner. Yeah. Like we are going to, you know what I mean? Yep. And there are other shows like Euphoria succession. where it's like, 
where it's like, I'm not going to like go out of my way to find time for this. Like when it's there, it's there. Yeah. And yeah, it's just it not, was like, yeah. yeah. Succession was like, Oh, we're watching this. And then it, it dovetailed perfectly with like, we ran out of stuff to watch mm-hmm. and then euphoria was just there. And it was like, hmm, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But no, I'm, I, uh, at the end of the day, it is entertainment and I was entertained. So, yeah. Okay. I think this is a good way to wrap up the euphoria talk. Let's do it. If anyone's listening who has not seen it and went this far spoiler wise, great. But if you were to pitch the show to someone like someone, you know, is like, Hey, I've heard a lot about it. Should I watch it? Yeah. What, What would you say? I would say if somebody asked me if they watched it, I would ask them if they're sensitive to certain things. Right. Yeah. There's, you know, uh, I would, I would definitely say you disqualify for someone that should just like go up and like turn the show on. If you're sensitive to certain like violence or drug abuse or really abuse of any kind, um, I would steer clear of the show. Uh, if you don't mind having some discourse around those topics and those things, then we could watch like, then you should probably watch the show. Um, if it, it really depends on who's asking me, should I watch the show? Yeah, of course. I'm I'm going to assume that it's someone of our age and our like, you know, like minded kind of like interests and stuff like that. And if it's someone that really appreciates television Mm-hmm. really appreciates movies and, and visuals and storytelling. I would say it's a no brainer to yeah. go watch the show. Um, uh, there, I mean, really, I think from the vision, from a visual standpoint alone, yeah. it's a fascinating watch to see some of the stuff they play with and some of the things that they try. And, um, it really does seem like, in some of those episodes, they were like, they dreamed up exactly what they wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And they were able to kind of come through on that vision. Yeah. And so from that standpoint, seeing creators uh, and filmmakers be able to like bring their vision to life. I feel like that this show is a good representation of that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so I think, I feel like from that standpoint alone i would say if it was someone like us that was asking me if they wanted to watch if they should watch the show i would say yes watch it um i think that it's a little tough to get into at the beginning first episodes but i mean from a visual standpoint alone i think that it takes really big swings and and does some really really interesting stuff that's worth seeing and watching and at the end of the day if you allow yourself to 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 go into the perspective of some of the characters you'll be moved by some of the stories yeah you will yeah i think if you're the type of person who loves shows that get this reaction they did what yeah you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, if you're yeah. a fan of that kind of story where it's just like characters who are deeply flawed like just making some crazy decisions yeah uh you're gonna like the show but if you're also someone who is just really into the art of filmmaking and you just love like t like you love tv for tv yeah you know i think it's also a show worth watching because it takes big swings and it when it hits it really hits and it's always trying to do something very artistic sometimes in a showy over the top way but you know what in a time where like a lot of media is kind of bland and standard and like filmed the same way yeah give me someone who goes over the top for over the top sake any day of the week honestly I would say, yeah, I would, I would recommend it to certain people. Other yeah. people I wouldn't recommend right. it to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, it's that kind of hit and miss yeah. nature of, it, I mean, it does have it like that, that it plays like every parent of a teenager's worst nightmare. <laughs> it does. It really yeah. does. Yeah. It is. It is every parent of a teenager's absolute worst nightmare. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but if yeah. you, if you go in knowing like this is just heightened reality for the sake of drama, like you know yeah usually we're only dealing with one maybe two of these things mm-hmm. going on at the same time there's like eight absolutely horrible scenarios <laughs> yeah. all happening at once yeah oh <laughs> in man this show 
But yeah, yeah, I think I think overall it's just one of those those shows that has the perfect ingredients to capture like the zeitgeist and it has just enough for people to passionately love and people passionately hate it. And I'm all for shows like that that aren't perfect. Yeah. But do enough right that creates really good conversation. Yeah. Like what else do you want? Like I want a show to create conversation. Yeah. Sometimes I want it to do that because it's just so sticking good like succession, but you're not always going to get a succession. It's yeah. rare that a show like literally checks every box. But no, yeah. Yeah, succession is a that's a rare. Yeah. Kind but of show. I'm curious to see where it goes and if it can sustain it because it sounds like it's going to be like 2 years until season 3. Oh yeah. So, who knows? Who knows? And yeah, I feel I like know. it really helped that there was a break between season one and two and then quarantine happened and a lot of people had time to catch up on it. Yeah. So I don't know, but I think, uh, I think that's where we leave it. Yeah. Is it's a good show. It's not well, perfect. And here's the deal. I want to talk about season two with you. Wow. You're putting the, putting the pressure on me. Yeah. I mean, it is, it just is what it is. Yeah. You got to finish the series, dude. And then we can talk about season two. I'm yeah. not going to go off on season two here whenever you haven't. Oh, oh trust me. Whenever you haven't seen it. I'll let you know as soon as I. I'm really I excited for like you to see certain moments of the show okay. and get your opinion on them. Okay. Honestly, like having this conversation mm-hmm. has gotten me a little bit more motivated to kind of like finish it. Keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just so hard nowadays. Like literally every week there's like three new things that come out. I know. know. I know, man. It's impossible. It's crazy. It's like, I still want to go see X in theaters. I know. There's there's a Netflix movie with our boy Jason Siegel mm-hmm. that I really want to see. Does that come out Friday? I think it's already out. Is it already out? Yeah. My gosh, man. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much stuff to watch. Yeah. But, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, have you seen Licorice Pizza yet? Dude, no. Okay, dude. You need to watch that. Biz. Talk about a, a movie that's going to like create conversation. Yeah. Um. I really want to talk to you about that. Yeah, I got to watch it. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe I'll watch it this weekend. Okay. I'm to rent it or something. All right. Yeah. Well, sure. that has been why Euphoria is great. Uh, I look forward to finishing the show, maybe having a season two discussion. Uh, we got a lot of great movies out. We're going to try and catch up on and get you some movie reviews. And we have the Oscars coming up, so I think post Oscars we're going to create both on the YouTube channel and just like in the podcast maybe some Oscar breakdown yeah we need to find a way to watch it together if we can yeah let's do it yeah we and so we can we can talk about what won and what movies you know we thought deserved to win and ones that got missed yeah so I think that's something to look forward to uh, if you haven't already seen it I dropped a video essay called why you keep falling asleep during movies yeah a few I loved thoughts that. on a few thoughts on video editing so if you haven't seen that video go check it out i love that video man. oh thank you that's great thank you as someone who struggles with staying awake during movies nowadays i, I really wanted to <laughs> come up with an excuse as to why it kept happening to me other than the fact that i'm old pretty tough excuse to explain like yeah oh man why do you always fall asleep during the best parts well yeah. you you see there's this book you see, you know, the, the nature of film editing itself, <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah, dude, I'm not no, buying you're just, it, bro. Yeah, you're just yeah. old, man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, if you haven't seen that video, uh, check it out. Uh, let me know what you think. And uh, I'm going to keep trying to make more video essays like that. Yeah. But and if you're watching the Euphoria kind of segment highlights on YouTube, you can listen to the full episode of the podcast in the links below. Uh, and with that said... We'll see you next week. Bye.